Hey, it's Kevin O'Connor. Every week for seven years, Chris Vernon and I have been discussing and debating the NBA for the ringer. And if you didn't know it, we're now on our own podcast feed called The Mismatch. It's appropriately named because of our differing views and approaches to the NBA, whether it's news and rumors or the latest games. And I love our show because we'll go from yelling at each other about tanking to laughing about something that happened in a game the night before. It's my favorite part of every week, so give The Mismatch a listen every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off Guard. I am your co-host, Austin Rivers, and next to me is my guy, Pasha, as always. Pasha, huggy What's going on? Glad to have you back in person. It is much better this way. I, yeah, I think you're in a better mood when you're in Orlando, too. Call me crazy. I am in a better mood, typically, when I'm home. Yeah. that That's when I'm usually on the road, I'm, like, stressed and thinking about all these different things, and I also get, like, separation anxiety from my kids and my family. Um, now that I've been kind of used to being around a little bit more. So it's uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, the next time you have ESPN duty, it's going to be in LA? I have no idea. Who knows? Well, you know what? If you go to LA, I'll go with you. We'll do the pod from there. We should do it. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a couple of traveling. We're about to travel and do some pods soon. We have to actually iron that out this week, matter of fact. Let's do it. Before uh, All-Star break. I want to start off by talking about Otani's 10-year, $700 million deal. I mean, those numbers... Baseball guy? Yeah, bro. It's just like the numbers now, I'm so numb to them, but this one... Yeah, 700 caught everybody's eye. The 10 years is what's impressive because that's 70 million on average for the next 10 years of his life. It's just insane numbers. Let's stop you right there. California taxes. Well, yeah. So probably net like 34, 35 after all taxes and everything. Fees, agency fees. You have to remember all that stuff. Man, that agency Uh, is having a party right now. (laughs) Could you imagine being the guy in the room signing that? $700 million deal. You get like 4% of that. That's that's not too bad. Oh my gosh. So you have two boys of your own. Are you going to put a baseball bat in their hands now? Like, what's the move? No, no, no. Basketball. Basketball all day, every day. We get the same contracts as baseball players do, but we get it in a shorter amount of time. So, sure, he gets a $70 million. By the way, he's the highest paid player in baseball. Um, The numbers that basketball players are about to get, especially after these TV deals kick in place, whether it's Apple, uh, Amazon, Netflix, whoever runs in the mix for these new TV rights. Like, bro, next year... When they have this in-season tournament, I'm not going to be surprised if like Netflix is hosting it or putting it on their channel. You want to watch, you got to have Netflix or you got to do that. Like, it's going to be insane. Yeah. And it's not going to be $500,000 a player. It's going to be like a million. That's what it's going to get to easily, easily per player. They do that out there first year, like half a million each player. Just to see if people, to will, see go if people will go for it. Interested. Yeah. Now it's going to be like a million. Like it's going to be, it's going to be nuts, bro. Yeah. And these new TV deals that are going to take place. It's only going to boost the money, money and notoriety to, of, of each player. Uh, to where you'll see guys signing. Listen, we already saw it this summer. Three hundred million, Jalen Brown, and I love Jalen Brown. He's a he's a big time player. We we both know. Uh, we watch Celtics all the time and watch him do his thing. Uh, but you know, Jalen Brown's not a top 20, 30 player in the NBA. Well, he's not the best player on his team. First that, and foremost, to be the best player, so that, that's highest paid. You know, highest biggest contract, and not he, annual. It, yeah, exactly. But that's three hundred. But people don't understand like. 
I saw someone tweet, man, Jalen Brown's like 300 million. This baseball player signed 700. I'm like, you idiot. He signed it for 10 years, dog. This yeah. guy signed his for four or five. Like, yeah. double that, double his years, and it'd be 600. Yeah. I go, so we're, we're right there. We signed this, and that's the highest paid player in baseball. I go, if we did annually, Jokic's contract and like Damian Lillard, even Giannis, Giannis makes what, 64? Or, or like, so if he, he makes 100 and. 40 something in three years or some shit like that. Some nutty shit. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so we're getting all of our bread now where like baseball players have to play a total of like 10, 14 years to get their, again, they're both great. 10 years make it 70 a year. It's pretty damn, I almost like that. It's d- diluted like that over a 10 year span. It's like, you want to talk about like longevity? Well, like, you don't have to worry. There's no contract you're coming up for no, another no, decade. Like, for Could the you next imagine that? decade, you yeah. have an ease of mind of not worrying about where your check's coming from. Yeah. And that's the thing you hear about from, you know, everyone I'm cool with that's a basketball player, they talk about when they're in a contract year. It's stressful. When you have a bad game, you think about money coming out of your pocket. No, every time, or if yeah. you go through like a rough stretch, you get in your head a little bit and you're just like, bro, I've, I've played on a con. I've, it's been a contract year for me. Obviously, this year, I didn't get a deal yet. But in the previous years, I was in a contract year like the last four years of my, my NBA career, man. Yeah. And it was exhausting. You go into each year like, man, like it would be nice to have some security or like, am I going to keep having to move my family around? Right. People don't see this on the outside. They just see a guy making millions of dollars. So immediately when you see someone making money, you lack empathy for them. You lack everything. Everything goes out the window because that person makes money. So now, well, he gets paid. He des- he deserves it. It's almost like he deserves it. Type, yeah, yeah, yeah. type energy. So it's nonsense. But it is hard. Signing a 10-year deal, that's a lot of mental freedom right there. You know a lot about the LA area, obviously. You were born in Santa Monica and you've played there for a while. If you signed $700 million in LA, what part of town would you live in? You know what, man? Honestly, I would I would do it smart. I'd probably go somewhere and live right in Bel Air. Fuck you talking about. <laughs> I'm going right to Bel Air, man. Quick the shrub. <laughs> you I, I like going, the way you were acting like you were going to be like, you know what, what you know, Silver Lake is really well, on and popular. Silver Lake, yeah. it's up and coming. And, you know, Hancock Park. You know, Hancock Park's a really nice neighborhood and it's coming up and so is, so is like parts <laughs> of the valley, the, the, the Calabasas. Let me drive two hours in the fucking middle yeah. desert and go live with like some random celebrities. Like, fuck out of here, bro. 700 million? My, my neighbor's going to be Ellen. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tom Cruise is going to be down the street, bro. Uh, you know, I always told people like, for instance, someone like Russell Westbrook or LeBron James, right? These guys have made an obscene amount of money in the NBA, have made just as much even off the court business deals, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of people like, you'll see like a celebrity drops 20, 30 million on the house. People like, what a waste of money. I could get that same house for 4 million in Idaho. (laughs) They go fucking live in Idaho. Yeah. Go live there. Go right. live in Idaho. I'm sure you could get $4 million in the Idaho. The only time it was tough is like during COVID, obviously, people in New York, you, you pay for to be in New York, but everyone was stuck in their house. That, and that's that is, the only that's time tough. that that New York shit made sense. That's the only time any, any time it made sense was COVID. People were like, yo, I'm paying 20 grand for rent in New York and ain't nobody here. You should be mad. That's that's yeah. fine. Okay. But yeah, listen, man, you, you, you got to spend for where you're at. And by the way, in terms of appreciation, more and more every day someone's born or people move to America and the prices are just skyrocketing up. I don't know if people have noticed, but a house now costs a little bit more than it did 20 years ago. People are noticing. <laughs> yeah. People, do people notice that? Yeah. People ever heard of that? You know, the escalation and, and yeah. everything else that we have going on? Yeah. That's just part of life, man. So I always tell people, if you're going to make like big money like that, this this guy, $700 million deal, yeah, go, go buy like a $20 million house in Beverly Hills. A nice one with a nice yard. The house can be worth $40 million in like 10 years, dog. You'll flip it. View this... They're going to pay me 20 million to live in this house or 10 million or 5 million or whatever you make. They're going to pay me 8 million to live in this house for the next 10 years. Cause that's what I'll make when I sell it. That's literally how you have to view it. Like yeah. those neighborhoods, bro. Like if you are, if, if you're fortunate to play for a Miami or a Los Angeles team and you're making big money, live in the nice, nice neighborhoods. Don't shortcut it, man. And there are a lot of nice neighborhoods. Calabasas is beautiful, by the way. Uh, Encino's up and coming. Hancock Park is another gorgeous neighborhood that's up and coming. Um, uh, you got parts of Venice and Manhattan Beach, and you can even kind of go towards Newport area if you really want something. And Santa Monica and the Palisades. And I, would go, I would try to be near the beach. 
Malibu, yeah. all these things. Bro, brother, with 700 million, I got a spot on the water in the beach, and I got a spot right in Beverly Hills, dog. Right smack dag there, or in Bel Air. I got like a 10, 15, and I got like an 8 to 10 in, in, in both. Yeah. On the weekends, I'm taking my baby to the water, and, and, and during the week, game game week, you know, I'm, I'm right there in our house. And in 15, 10, 12, 13 years, whenever we want to sell, I'm going to make a shitload off the house in Malibu, and I'm going to make a shitload off of this house because everyone wants to move here. It's the yeah. smartest financial decision in terms of real estate you can make in America is buying a nice house appropriately, like, properly priced, not overpaying, in a Bel Air, Beverly Hills, or Malibu. I don't know, what you're saying right now wouldn't be on the documentary Broke, 30 for 30. I'll tell you that because they're, they're trying to, those guys. But those people weren't buying houses in Bel Air or Beverly Hills, man. Those guys are spending money on six baby mamas and 10 whips. Cars that aren't collectible. We're talking about like Rolls Royces or like a Mercedes that you just drive off the lot. That's like really nice. But like as soon as you drive it off the lot, you lose half its value. Yeah. Diamond chains and necklaces and bust down watches and bad investments and bad financial advisors. The list goes on. Uh, dad wants something. Mom wants something. Brother wants something. Cousin wants something. Lifestyle. It just continues. That's the gambling. That's that's 30 for 30 broke. Not a guy putting some property down and paying his mortgages on time and investing in like a property in the, one of the most highest up and coming neighborhoods or already up and coming. We're talking about Bel Air. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's that you don't go broke doing that way. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice. You were talking about Netflix is probably or something like that's going to do next year's in season tournament. It definitely helps that the Lakers won this year. That just hypes it up even more. The storyline's already built in for next year and it validates the tournament, right? Like if the Pacers would have won, sure, that's that's a cool story for Halliburton, but this makes the tournament like, all right, this thing's legit and one of the best players of all time, if not the best one, anyone MVP. Any, the best thing that happened was LeBron played so hard. Yeah. Played so hard. It, It made it cool. It made the tournament cool. It's the power of him, right? You know, you have this guy who, LeBron James could stop and tweet right now, I'm done. And there would be no negativity towards his way. I mean, it'd be like some people would be disappointed because of what he means to basketball and more you know, specifically Lakers fans might feel abandoned or whatever. But in terms of what he's done for the game, those boxes have been checked, man. Right. Every single one has been checked. What do you mean, dude? We, the last like five years, have, we're playing with house money with this guy. He should have yeah, been done. He should have been done, man. Everything that LeBron's doing right now is exactly what it is. It is house money. Um, he, has, he has nothing left to prove to anybody. Yeah. He's already put the debate up for him and, Le- and Michael, who's the GOAT. And it's like 50-50 at this point. There's nothing else for him to do. Right. There's nothing else for him to do. Right. People, people want another title, but it's like, dude. Yeah, this guy's in year uh, whatever, 21, man. man. Yeah, like, in year 21, like, they're asking too much, bro. No offense to Michael. He wasn't doing this in year 21, fam. And he yeah. couldn't if he came back and played. Right. Let me just go ahead and put that down there right now. I'm not saying Michael is not the GOAT. I'm not saying LeBron's the GOAT. That argument can be made in a different episode. By the way, it's endless because we'll never figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> There'll always be LeBron, Michael, LeBron, Michael. The fact that that is the conversation, he's already goaded. Yeah. If the other guy that you're being compared to is Michael, you've won. And he's out there playing his ass off, bro. Blocking shots, getting back on D, sprinting back, hustling, talking. Like, this dude wants it. Right. And he and he's so... The best thing about it in the interview, he's like, man, shit, 500,000... Like LeBron, the watch you have on is I I, I googled a couple of his watches. <laughs> I pocket watched you, bro, because I you know I know watches. Yeah, I'm not gonna put them out there, but like it, the 500k is meaningless to him. It don't do nothing for him. He don't see that. If I went into his bank account right now and stole seven of those, <laughs> he wouldn't notice. Right. You know what I mean? So like the fact that he's doing this just on the pure will of wanting his teammates to get that type of cash, wanting to add this to his resume, and wanting to just compete and win and be the best. Yeah. And you know what sucks too is if he would have lost in that finals, it, he would have got the negativity, which is crazy. If he wins it, it's like, oh, this doesn't even count in season tournament. And if he loses, everyone's going to say, lost. He, he lost another finals again. Guy can't win in the finals. It's like, yeah, that's, that's everything he does is always put up against him, which is only a point to his greatness. Yeah. You know what I mean, like people are just looking to try to tear, tear him down. And every time he doesn't, people are faced with the reality that like this guy is just an unmoving and flinching yeah. object that like, whether you hate him or you love him, he's not going anywhere. And yeah, by the way, and- after basketball, he only going to be, he, you know how Kobe like transcended in like something? Michael, uh, LeBron is is going to be the same way, bro. He's going to, after this, be at his kids' games, going to be running. I bet he's going to have more hands in clutch. Yeah, he's not He's more not hand- doing the John Stockton disappearing into the no, woods. No, no, no. He's, he's going to have an AU program that's probably going to resurface. He's, he's going to yeah. be running uh, LeBron-sponsored schools, and you best believe he's going to ha- own that damn team in Vegas. They keep talking about it every other fucking week. Right. Someone's going to bring that team to Vegas. You know, if, if it does happen, there's no way it happens without him. 
right. they would never do it without him since he's already considered interest. So whether it's there or Seattle, he'll have a team. So like, he's just, he's not going anywhere, man. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just, it's really cool to see him win that tournament. It was great for Adam Silver. You know, he's in there just rubbing his hands. Yeah. He's like, you know this is, mean? right. Hey, look, like we said last episode, Adam Silver's walking around Best with, case that, with a little bit of like, told you guys. Oh yeah. No, yeah. yeah. This is, this is great. Yeah. And then LeBron winning it only validates now, the listen, whole thing. Let's talk about it. We talked about it. This is an unrealistic scenario. This is an unrealistic scenario. Oh, actually it is realistic, but it's not going to happen. Because we would have to figure out the rules about this. But let's talk about this. You want to make the NBA the most competitive thing in the world. Which, is, listen, the NCAA tournament was a success. Right. Why was it such a success, right? Let's talk about this. Everybody talked about how the NCAA tournament was so great because it was so competitive. And it made fans care about basketball in early December. And it was so great to see yada, 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 yada. And this people so much excited about basketball early in the season. Correct. So how do you make it? And again, I'm not saying they should do this. I'm just throwing up something out there. This is a hot topic. If anything is described as a hot topic. Why don't you do it like EuroLeague soccer? Where we, where we want to relegate? Worst team in the NBA at each year goes where? Just, just go along with me. Go along. I'm not saying I'm a fan of this. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not saying I would want this to happen because we'd have to get the particulars right. Because like, well, let's throw the scenario out there first for everybody. Worst team in the league gets demoted and goes to the goes to the G League. The champion of the G League team joins the NBA. But how would a team that's not getting money in it there and you know they're getting G League revenue, how would they pay for like a Kate Cunningham? Most teams, Kate, a guy like Kate Cunningham most, making that much money most, would be in the G League. Owners, most owners of the NBA team own the G League team. Okay, so I have a question though. You want Wemben Yama, for example, to be relegated? That's, that's I just why, that's never gonna why, happen. That's why there would have to be something there in place where like the top players of like certain salary members maybe stay on, but like the rest of the team, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Maybe you, you, I know what you're saying though. You're basically, you want it to be, and people have talked about this before, but you want it to be in a way where we're going to penalize teams for either tanking or just being bad. Yes. And, and it also in, you know, in um, English premier league, it makes those games between the bad teams at the end of the season count, which otherwise they wouldn't, right? No, they wouldn't count. Like this year, a Piston Spurs game in, you know, April, if they play each other, no one's going to watch that but game. Here's my thing. But then it would count but, later on the but season. But you're talking about even early in the season. It would count now. Right, right. Like the Pistons are probably looking around like, bro, we're headed to the G League. Yeah. We've lost 16 straight or 15 straight, however many they've lost in a row. They, they're looking around like, like yeah. <laughs> it, it would create, it would create competitive. You want to talk about win every game like it's your last or like play with a chip on your shoulder. If you thought the G League was around the corner, bro, and you'd have to travel like a G League player. I've never played in the G League, but I've, I've obviously know everything about it just from players playing there and it being a part of the NBA. It right. ain't the NBA, bro. So what it would do is not only create competitiveness amongst everybody, it would also evaluate, it would evaluate G League teams at a higher because they're all, they're all now a step away from being in the league. If you had G League teams all playing, not, I don't know if you've ever been to some of those G League games, there's no defense involved. These guys are just out there just scoring left and right. Yeah, That would all change. It'd be way more developmental for the NBA. You'd have good hires in the G League. Coaches would take G League jobs. The staffing would be different. How competitive it would be in the G League would be different. Everybody would be playing and competing knowing that if they win that motherfucker, they're going to the league the next year. Listen, if you don't want to go, then don't lose 70 motherfucking games. Right. Don't lose 60 games, bro. Everyone's going to play hard. There's no such tank tankings. It's gone. There's no such thing anymore. There'll never be a tanking team again. So how would they do the draft picks then? I don't... What do you mean? The, the worst, worst team gets the best draft pick. But you if still get, get the best draft pick. The draft pick will come on with the G League team. So women Yama goes to a G League team? No, no, just the draft, team. Whoever the gets team. the number one pick goes to the G, the G this League This is why though? I told you. I don't... I'm not making all the rules here, bro. I don't... Basically, I, I, you're I just saying... Figured out. You want the committee... You just want to say, hey, listen. Committee, this is what I want, but you guys figure out the ins and outs, the particulars. Yeah, I'm saying like... I'm saying this is a cool idea. I don't know how it would work because... Right. Obviously, for instance, if the money. Pistons, if the Pistons went to exactly money, they wouldn't be able to afford their head coach. Not only that, well, the, the, well they would because the G League coach who runs it. Oh, you're saying he would still go to the? Yeah, like, I don't know how that would work, but it'd be like the best players would have to stay on, like that, because like if the Spurs had the rest re uh, worst record in the league, Victor Victor has to be in the NBA. Okay, <laughs> right. just from a money standpoint and business standpoint, and also like this kid is they're trying to be the next great player. You don't need to be in the G League. Okay. Right. So that's those ins and outs in particular is maybe five or six G League players uh, 
trade off with this. I don't know how it would work. Maybe it is impossible. I guess it is impossible because in, in the Premier League, there isn't any rules. It's if you don't want to do it, you win. They don't save certain players and certain players no, go. No. It's everyone goes. Yeah. So it's not realistic for basketball. That's why, I mean, I, I didn't say, I remember I told you in the beginning, I didn't want this to happen. I was just saying, hot take. If you wanted everybody to compete and if you wanted tanking to, 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 to dissolve, then win games. You would have to get rid of a draft and just do salary cap. That's the way they do it in an English Premier League. So the, the teams just sign, you know, Man City just signs Erling Holland, you know, and that's how it works. So it's a, there's a lot to it, but I understand what you're saying. And I think people agree with you. There should be, uh, you know, penalties for playing bad, right? Repercussions. Just like if you lose 60, 50 games in a year, man, yeah, just, it's something's got to happen, bro. Yeah. That's fucking garbage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, bro, or like maybe five of the team, five of those players in a team got to, you got to go down to the G and maybe the team who won the G League, five of their, if it's your junior G League or whatever team won or however, they, yeah. they got to come, they got to, you got to, I don't know. That's impossible because there's guaranteed contract. I don't, I don't, you have guys making millions in the G League, not giving a shit, yeah. but, but they would have to if you want to get back. I don't know how that'd work. We don't have the answers. We don't have the answers. We just have ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Do you did when you watched that uh the championship game for the in season tournament? Did you think the Pacers even had a chance? Because you know Lakers were kind of winning the whole game. You know what? I thought with their fast paced style and tempo, and because it wasn't a seven game series, any anybody can win with just one game, and that's why the seriousness of the in season. We talked about this on our pod last time. Like, do they deserve banners and and parades? Absolutely fucking not. And the reason is it's really cool to win the in season tournament. Everybody you tried to win, so you're special for winning it. It is an award that everyone tried to get that you won. Congrats. It's really dope. It created competition. There's a big reward. It's in Vegas. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just hoopla and excitement built around this whole thing. Big success for the NBA and Adam Silver. Great job. If you're asking me, uh, you know, is this something that needs to be, it, it's it's a one game elimination tournament so it's very obtainable for any team that's right. playing hot at the time to win yeah but i think it's cool that there's levels to maybe you know there's a championship and then there's going to be championship or no, nothing no, no. else it's I, cool I that totally, there's something in the middle i totally agree with that yeah. with, with this being said you know did i think the pacers could win yeah beat them one time yeah but what is it about the lakers yeah, we're the hottest players in the league right now in terms of how confident he's playing tyrese and like a bunch of guys around them who are like believe in even the own sauce that they're drinking right now. You got yeah. like Naismith out there, like talking shit to people and like throwing up threes. And when he forces that little thing in the, <laughs> when he forces it in the basket, you got guys playing way. Did outside. you like D'Lo talking shit to Bruce Brown? Obviously carried over from last year's what, Nuggets series. What do you say to Bruce Brown? Uh, they got into it. And apparently said something about maybe, uh, I, I don't know if this is hundred percent true, but something about it's like, you were talking like he was, D'Lo said he was talking a lot of shit all summer. Bruce Brown was about the Lakers. Remember, he said something about it. That was, that was the easiest series or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but D'Lo got into it with them and was talking shit. Maybe something about maybe it's easy when Jokic isn't out there with you. you know yeah, what he mean? said something about you. you something got like that. I'm not 100% sure, but I know he got into it with them. That obviously was a carryover from last year's Western Conference. Well, there's definitely a difference between Indiana Bruce Brown and Denver Nuggets Bruce Brown. Yeah. Well, also it's a difference when you're playing with Jokic too, right? That, Even though saying. Bruce Brown's not playing with Halliburton, so the guy's been pretty fortunate yeah. to play with some... Uh, before that, Kevin Durant, uh, <laughs> he's, been, he's done pretty well for himself. But I, I'm not saying um, it's his fault. I'm just saying there's just there's just a difference. Yeah. Aaron Gordon for the Magic, people were like, oh, what is it? And then now he's with Denver, and people were like, man, this guy's, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's due to Aaron being a really good player. Give him credit. But also, he is now in a system that understands who he is, plays to his talents, and he plays with the best player in the NBA, who is a pass-first Right. dominating uh, has the most total assist in the NBA and it's you're perfect for his right. game so it's like Bruce Brown is a guy who's a specialist he's not a guy that you want with the ball in his hands in an ISO situation it's, it'd be a catastrophe by the way but that's not that's not even a negative thing because there's only a couple guys on each team that, that that's have not that. a negative thing at yeah, all bro there's right. only a couple guys on the team that get that everybody else is supposed to play the right 100%. way and like play without the ball so me saying that about Bruce Brown people are like oh Wilson's dissing Bruce. no I'm saying the fucking fact Bruce Brown's made a living off not being that guy by the way he's never been that guy he's always been the hardworking defensive guy, pick and roll. This guy's doing pick and rolls at 6'4 for the Nets, man. <laughs> Talk about like doing anything it takes. And he did similar stuff with Denver. So and by the way, we both agree that that's hard to do because if it was easy, then someone else do it. You said if that before. If it was easy, then everybody would do it, man. If everybody could get a two-year $40 million deal like Bruce Brown, then everybody would do what Bruce Brown did. They can't do it because they can't fucking do it. Right. Bruce Brown is an, he's an electrifying athlete, whether people acknowledge that or not. 
picking and rolling and just slamming it on, at, six, uh, four. at six four some nutty shit bro <laughs> you know what i mean he's always like driving down the lane and dunking it and backdooring people and laying it up and he's his shot is you know iffy but he can make an open shot especially a big one he's a good role player yeah bruce brown for denver is like you know a, a role player uh, an officiato you know well, it's a situation that it's uh brings out the best what he does exactly it it and then you go to indiana and it's like eh, they got you know you're like you're just like another guy they got like what's it matherin and yeah. they, they got you know this guy in there and neymar and or nem or what's his name nemhard nem nemhard in there and you had a mcconnell and naismith yeah. and all the buddy hill they got all these different guys so you're just like another guy who like he doesn't really put up the same numbers and like he kind of like floats around but he, denver he was like a vital piece yeah it's all situational right uh so i thought the pacers back to your original question did i think they could beat the lakers in one game absolutely uh, we didn't know that the fucking Wilt Chamberlain Anthony Davis would show up. My that, God. He looked like a man possessed. What was it? How, it just makes you think. <sighs> I, know you we should be, I know we should be praising his performance, and we will, and we are. It just leaves you thinking, why don't we get that more often? That's It just it has to. I know I hate saying that because we should just be saying, bro, in the biggest stage so far this year, in the finals of the East Season Tournament, guy had 40 and 20. And he just was making these faces. You no, could no, tell he, he was he was, he, he was the whole game, though. He was pissed yeah. off, and he played that way the entire game. Yeah. And it only validates him to where we're like, man, this guy's good. And it also makes... Anthony Davis is one of the few guys in the league that when you play that way, it makes people mad and happy. Everybody's happy you play that way, and they're like mad because you're like, you could do this. I'm not saying every night. I hate when people are like, you could do this every night. He's not going to have 40 and 20, man. But if this guy could have 10 and 28... Bro, I really, I, I, I really do think, like, I really do think Anthony Davis, if he really like was locked in like that, Anthony Davis could average thirty a game. I'm not even. Kidding. I think you and me both agree. When it comes to big men, it's Jokic and Bead, and Anthony Davis would be third. He would be third. Yeah, but and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bam and Sabonis and the other guys, Shingun, anyone else, Anthony Davis when he's like this, he does things that they cannot do. Correct. Right. When Anthony Davis is locked in and plays with that type of physicality, there was one play in particular where Anthony Davis is open in the middle of the paint. They're like running. It's like a slow transition. So it's not like fast break. Teams are all running back. He catches the ball in the paint high. Miles Turner is already there and like tries to get the foul. He saw Miles Teller, Turner there. Who was Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Great actor, by the way. Whiplash, if you haven't seen it, check that out. Top Gun. <laughs> uh, top Gun. Uh, he barrels into this guy's chest, who's a good shot blocker, finishes right over him. When he plays physical, when Anthony Davis plays pissed off basketball, and he plays physical inside out. I don't mind him shooting a three. I don't mind him shooting a jumper. I mind when those are his steady diet. When he makes a steady diet around the rim and free throws, bro, from him being aggressive, not trying to get fouled, just you going to try to dunk on someone or fucking go through someone's chest. I love that. I don't mind if Anthony Davis goes three for 28. I want to see it. I want to see you go three for 27. I want to see you miss 15 shots in the first half, come back in the second half and double down that shit and not shy away and like not shoot three shots. I want to see you put that fucker up. Every time Anthony Davis gets a ball, you I'm, you know what I'm here for. I'm coming, I'm going to score. Yeah. That when he likes plays like this, there's no, Miles, bro, Miles Turner's a good fucking player, dog. There was nothing that poor well, man could basically do. What we're saying is we want to see Anthony Davis with some Jordan Poole type of confidence. <laughs> you bring those cards, you bring that card. Easy. I, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I don't I want him, I want him to have like, I want him to have just like it's not even I want him to have something that he's never had before. He has. That's the thing. We're not like, I don't, I'm not trying to make up a new Anthony Davis. Yeah. I want Anthony Davis, the true Anthony Davis. Right. I've seen it. Bro, he's my class, bro. He's not like. 35, 36. I know me and AD have both played a lot of basketball in our years. This, this would be year 12 for me if I was playing. And this is year 12 for AD. We came in the same year. So I know he's played a lot, but he's still 31. He's still in his prime. I still want like three years left of like dominant AD basketball before he starts to like then wind it down because he's on a normal clock like the rest of us. We don't count LeBron. He's not real. Everybody else kind of winds down around that 33, 34. You start to see guys. And it looks like you're getting three more years of LeBron doing this too. So why not, Anthony Davis? Bro, like... I just, I want New Orleans Anthony Davis. I want bubble Anthony Davis. I want pissed off, angry every single night. Every time you get the ball, you're physical. Whoever's guarding you will be in foul trouble. I'm coming at you. Yeah. I'm, co I'm, going, I'm going to the rim. And then when you, when you back up off me, oh yeah, I got a midi too. Oh, now that I got 15, 20, that ball, that, that rims, that, it's getting bigger and bigger. Now I'm shooting that, that pick and pop tray in transition. Now I'm getting the late launch in a couple of those, see where my, my temperature's at. 
That's what you want, bro. And if you're LeBron too, you got to love the end season tournament for the fact that you could see now what guys you go to war with. You're like, Austin Reeves had 28 in the championship. You got a little piece of the playoffs. Now LeBron's looking at his team like, you know what? In the playoffs, these guys can show up for me. Cam Reddish. You can, now you can start he trusting is, these guys. He is, I'm not, they're not a big three. It's a big two. It's LeBron, yeah. James, and Anthony Davis. It is a big two. They don't have a big three. It does not exist. No. And you know what? If, if D'Angelo Russell is your fourth option and he is averaging... 17, 6, and 3 off 48% from the field and 41 from 3, and that's your fourth option. That's a good fucking basketball club. Pretty damn team. good basketball club. Yeah. They have a big two, but I'll say this. Their third option is Austin Reeves. He's undoubtedly made them, he's the best third best player on the team, no doubt. And in war, in a big game, that is a guy you want on your team. When the lights are bright, that fucker competes. That's yeah. why people fell in love with him. I know people say stuff about his complexion and he's a white kid and he's balling in a league that's predominantly black and you know how the media eats that shit up and he plays for the Lakers and all these excuses that have kind of been built in and a lot of that is real. But you can't deny that in a big game, that fucking guy doesn't just go for it. Aggressive as just hell on aggressive. offense, yeah. Bro, think about the game it took to get there. You got LeBron down low asking, I mean, AD down low asking for the ball. You got LeBron up top like, yo, give me the ball. This guy comes down, hits Buddy with a step back, and hits the big, the big three, the icing three. Right. Like that, you want to talk about confidence, delusional confidence? That's like Jordan <laughs> Poole shit right there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but he's he's real though. It's like he's a real hooper. He's competitive. Yeah. I mean, he has a good, he's a three-level scorer. He's got the midi, he's got the tray, he's got the basket. And, Le and LeBron hands. trusts him. That's why he's able to do that stuff. He does trust him. Yeah. And he knows at the end of the day, like whether it's the right decision or not, because you know, Reeves misses shots and turns the ball over just like everybody. He gonna compete in the big games, give it what you got. Yeah. It, he might not have 30 every time. He gonna go for it. You know, at the end of the day, if you were a game seven, this kid right here, I know he going in here to hoop. And that's all you can ask for if you're a guy like LeBron. Yeah. You can't ask for people to raise up to the level you're at. That's not impossible. Or AD. You guys are supposed to carry. But if you want some brothers with you that can get in, the, get in there and get dirty, get their hands dirty, that's Austin Reeves. That's why I'm a fan of his game. You and me have talked about how the Lakers are one of those teams that probably or might make a move, you know, by the trade deadline. And it would probably be D'Angelo Russell and Rui, right? I just talked about D'Angelo Russell's numbers this year and how well he's playing. If you're the Lakers now and you see how good they can compete in a big stage, do you think maybe LeBron's thinking, let's not make a move? Palenka's like, you know what? We're pretty good with this team. <laughs> so funny. LeBron's listening. Yeah, I just had to check myself. Palenka. <laughs> um, do you think he's thinking like, you know what? I'm good with this team. Or do you think still think they're, you know, in the running for like a Zach Levine or a big move at the deadline? How do you trade a guy like D'Angelo Russell when he's playing this well? Good question. I, I, I still do think, yes, they make a move. I really do think they do. But I'll say this, man. Like, the teams that we have over the Lakers, whether it's Phoenix, you know, whether it's the Clippers, which I, I, probably is a stretch to put them over the Lakers at this point, but uh, obviously Denver. Are these teams that far ahead of the Lakers? Could the Lakers not beat these teams in a seven-game series? Yes, they could. Right. So it's like, do you need to make a trade and risk anything? You don't. If AD plays like that, and LeBron plays like that, and you get decent role play, they could beat any of those teams. They could yeah. beat. They could beat Denver. And they're undefeated since Jared Vanderbilt came back. Denver's not as good as they were last year. Yeah. They lost Bruce. Uh, listen, people say whatever they want about Bruce, little Brucey, Cow Cowboy Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> but Bruce, Brucey was good for that team, bro. Yeah. And so was Jeff Green, and so are these other guys that they had there. I'm not saying they're not the same, but like their bench is a little bit different now. It's not the same as it was last year. They lost some pieces. Um, you know, Phoenix is a strange team. They, they're still like winning, not all the time. They've, they're like really up and down and their team's heavily, heavily uh, revolved around ISO basketball. Again, these are- And to be fair, we haven't seen their big three yet together. We haven't seen it. Yeah. So we don't know what that's going to look like. So there's uncertainty there. Uh, you know, the Clippers are still, again, they have all four of those guys there. They're playing better. They're staggering minutes, but it's like, we still don't know what that looks like there. We don't know how that's going to work in a playoff series. We don't know how well James is going to play and fit in with those guys when like the trenches are, when it's like really time to hoop. Like, we don't know. Sacks took a step back from last year, but they're still dangerous. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. these teams are like up in the air right now. And I know it's early, but it's kind of not anymore. Like we're like starting to get into 20, 30 games of the seat. Like we're starting to get there now. Right. So you're starting to see that the team, the league is fucking wide open. If we had a favorite, the only favorite that honestly we could say at this point is probably Boston. Yeah. Fully healthy. And even then we see how they could be in the playoffs sometimes. At some point, if it's a close game and you're with Boston, there's two guys shooting that motherfucker, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're really good players, but it's different. Uh, 
Boston's definitely the favorite. What the fuck am I saying? They got Drew and Derek White's a stud. They, they're, they're really good. Porzingis is fitting. Porzingis right? is playing great. Fits in perfect over there. They're definitely the favorite. So I'd put Boston as a favorite. Milwaukee looks better. Bro, Milwaukee just made the in-season tournament. They, Dame's only been there a certain amount of games. Like, they're starting to find their rhythm. Yeah. They still are a piece away. They need more perimeter defense. But you're starting to see these markets, market smart uh, rumors are starting to twirl. You know, we'll see what happens with that. That would be huge. Yeah. If they were able to, if they grab Marcus Smart for like the problem is they'd have to give up like a Bobby Portis or somebody of of uh and Bobby's great for that team. yeah he's huge for that for the Bucks so I don't know how that'd work or a young prospect like Marjan Beauchamp it'd be something like, 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 really like. he would definitely be in there yeah. it'd be him and and like and like a Cunnington yeah you throw him in there yeah so I don't know how that works but still uh the league's wide open and the Lakers don't necessarily have to make a move right now they could keep this team and like, yo, if LeBron and AD carry and like these other guys are able to be solid, yeah, they they they, they could beat anybody. So let me ask you then, I want to revisit this. We talked I don't think about you need the, to throw everybody out there for Zach Levine. We've, no, we've talked about the best duos in the NBA after seeing LeBron and the way AD is obviously capable of playing. Where do they rank now? Best duos? Because okay, when, mean, when, it, when it comes down to it, when the lights come on, those guys show up and a lot of the other duos that we've talked about in the past, maybe they're a little more unproven. Well, so then we have to rephrase the question is who's the best duo on a night to night basis or who's the best duo when the lights are on? Well, I, I think it's time. unfair to say you're 21 for, you know, night to night basis, you know, having LeBron play at that level. If, even you're, asking, so if you're asking if it's game six of the playoffs and who's the best duo, they're the second best. Who's number one? Jokic or Murray. So okay, I, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Yeah. Give me, give me game seven. Jokic and Murray all day, brother. All day. Over Tatum and Brown? Tatum and Brown are third. They're right there. Booker and KD? Fourth. Fifth would be Damon, Damon Giannis. That's my, those are the five best. Great duos, by the way. They're all great. Yeah. Booker and KD's nuts. They're nuts. Would you say Ant and Cat, or would you say Ant and Gobert? Uh, it's Ant, and then he has his affiliates. <laughs> no, it's not Jesse and the Rippers. It's not it's, and the rest of the crew. It's, it's Destiny's Child, but we all know who's the lead singer over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're playing great. Though. I don't, no, no they're great. They're great. I, I just we haven't talked about the Timberwolves for a couple of pods, just because we talk about them too much. We try to we try to We're ease off to the Timberwolves talk because I, I favor them so much, and I I love what they got going on over there. And I'm a quietly fan the best of, team in the West, though. I love I do. I, I and I I I do favor them. I yeah. I love the team. I love the coach. I love the assistant coach. I love my time there. I am very biased. Timberwolves yeah. and I actually like want them to do well so uh, we try to cool it on that a little bit but um, they look great they're more team oriented with their star Cat is a star he's just not it's not a pairing but yes you could easily say that with his numbers yeah. uh, they would be up there too just with their record alone you'd have to put them in the mix if you're asking me who's the best duo in basketball the reason I put Murray Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic is I know Murray might not be as good as the other players in a duo, right? Yeah, so like, he's only not all star. You named out of everyone. I, all I the know other that. Duos. So that's why when I say that, I don't want to sound silly to people. I know if I said like KD Book, both of those players individually are better than Jamal Murray. Right. I get that. But Jamal Murray's game and Jokic's game, in terms of a duo game complementing each other, I just don't know if there's a duo whose games actually complement each other better than those two. Yeah. Like their game is almost like they help each other be better. Like they need yeah. each other almost. Jokic is great without him. So was Murray. But they're with each other. That little handoff two man game, like bro, they they like literally run the show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a thing. Where yeah. like, and they're the, the teams that recently won it. So, so they won last year. They dominated. They ran yeah. through the whole playoffs. So, fam. so someone knocks them off. Yeah, we ha the pedestal. Have to, they have to be number one. I, I, I like that. By respect, I have to put them one right now. They absolutely ran through the entire Western Conference last year, including all those duos you just named. Yeah. All those duos were out there. Yeah. They ran through them all. Right. So just by respect uh, and by the the point I said of them complimenting each other, Murray and Jokic would have to be one, two, three, four, and five. You put any of them in there, if I'm going to be politically correct, just off of Tatum and Brown, just about every goddamn year they go to the conference finals or the finals. Yeah. And to the point where if they don't go, it's like, what a bad year for them. Yeah. They have to be number two. All right. Number three for me, based off of what I've seen when they're at their best and because they've won before in the bubble and just that like we saw the end season tournament. Yeah. LeBron and AD would be third. Based off of firepower alone and how crucial and how just bucket getting these guys are. KD and Book have to be in the top five. If you want to hate on it, you can, but they got to be in there. They're probably number four. And based off of the same point I just made about those two, you got to give it to these guys down up, uh, up in Milwaukee. Giannis and Dame got to be five. They don't complement each other great yet. It'll get there, hopefully, 
They're yeah. still dangerous. This is a team that's still winning a lot of games. They're one of the best records in the NBA, by the way. And people are saying it doesn't work. They just yeah. went to the in-season tournament. It's getting better and better. And it them, doesn't sure. work. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. So I put them top five. That's the best right Outside there. Outside looking in, Joe Lenardi just missed the bubble, whatever. Um, let's go with Tarzan and Maxi. They're the next, they are the exact pair looking in the, they're like right in there. I don't yeah. even want to say looking in the people. The door's open. The, yeah. <laughs> the door's open and their heads are like in the room, like, are we in here? Wait, wait for someone to slip. Wait for someone to slip up. Or, you know, they're right there. Yeah. And then like after that, it's it's a it's a gap. And then you'll see kind of everybody you get the else. Fox Sabonis. Fox Sabonis is, you know, they're they're good. Um, there's there's some young. I was going to say Zion and Ingram, but we got to talk about we got to talk about Zion. <sighs> you don't want to jump into that. We were just watching the Duke Ties Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Talk about him and first off, that's one of the funniest skits I've ever seen Steve, Stephen A. Smith do. When he said that every chef in New Orleans wants to meet him, <laughs> I, 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 it's just so it's so disrespectful, but it's so funny though. I don't know. He how, eats the table. He eats. He said, "I heard unquote that he eats the table." What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Stephen A. Smith is. Hey, no, but he's, seriously, he's, seriously, he's funny seriously, seriously. I've ever seen. I, I want to get into this quickly, and I don't want to make a big deal about it. But I, I, what the fuck is going on? All over the weekend, it was the, the, his clips from Duke, his highlights from Duke going viral, and he just looked like a completely different person. But this why is why twenty three years old? Are we watching is, exactly twenty three. The concern for me with him is simply if it's not working now at 23 and in your prime and when you should be as hungry as possible to achieve all the great things that everyone has bestowed upon you and put out there for you, then when will it resonate? When will it work? Is it going to work when you're out of your prime? When you don't jump and move the same? It's going to, when's it going to work? He comes into the season asking and saying, I haven't followed, you know, there's, I've done my own thing. I'm, I'm going to buy in this time. It's, you know, it's about that time where, and then we'll see where it goes. And then we're like a couple months in the season. And it's like, yo, he's not listening and he's heavier. Yeah. And then like he has back problems or knee problems or, or this problem or a foot problem because like, all the fucking weight on his joints. Yeah. And it's frustrating to us because he's so fucking good. And I told you, I went to a preseason game earlier this year. And I told you in person, he, he played great. He but dominates. He, he looks, but he looks, he looks heavy. It was, it was, this is different, man. Yeah. It's different it's just, else on the court. But if this guy was in shape and worked out, bro, if this guy worked out five days a week on his body. You already played enough basketball. I'm not worried about your fucking game at basketball. Although he could get in the lab on that too. Jump shot, get better. Free throws, get better. Just get better. You're 23. Live in the fucking gym. Live in there. You live in New Orleans. You ain't got shit to do. Yeah. Ain't nothing to do there. We gonna go to a fucking bar in Money Ground. Like go to like fucking walk down uh, what's that little street, Bourbon Street, and catch a flu. Catch. <laughs> like, bro, sit in your fucking penthouse and live in the gym. Yeah. Go to work. We talked about LeBron who invests money in his body and stuff like that. You would think Over he's a million. And you see what he's doing at year twenty one. He year twenty one. He's fucking beating the shit out of everybody, bro. He's beating. He beat his team by yeah, forty. By so 41. you would see that. And, and I say, hate to compare him to LeBron because it's not fair to compare anybody to LeBron. But brother, you got the budget. You make about forty to fifty to sixty, seventy fucking million dollars a year. You can afford to spend a half a million on like the best chef. You want the damn chefs in New Orleans? Hire one. Tell him, yo, I want to eat good, but I want to eat healthy. I want to lose weight. I want to stay in shape. Figure out that diet. Talk to the New Orleans people so they're cued in with everything. The Pelicans staff and the nutritionists, we all need to be on the same accord. That way everyone knows my meals and everyone's charting it. I eat at this time of day and I don't eat after this time of day. I work out at this time and I eat specifically after this time so my body absorbs certain nutrients. However, that shit, you could do that, bro. Yeah. They could do that. And you know what? He might not even have to pay for it. New Orleans is so desperate for this guy to be his best self. They pay for every fucking dollar, bro. Yeah. He's a franchise player. He don't even have to pay for it. Shit, the Lakers should be paying the million dollars for LeBron. What the fuck he's doing for that team? They probably do. Yeah. This is what Zion has to do, and this is why we're frustrated. I don't want to say we. I, I love the guy. He's, he's, a, he's a sweetheart of a man. Like, he's a great guy. Everyone I know who knows him loves him. It's We're only frustrated because you're really good. No, and even, even you know, he reached, reached a milestone. I forgot what it was. Maybe 500 games in the NBA or something like that, or 300. I don't remember. But it, he had no one had had his numbers. He's a beast, bro. Yeah. That's why we're all like, bro, if you even lose like 20 more pounds— and stay in shape, you would be top two or three in the NBA. Hands down. Yeah. The way this man moves and jumps is something we have at his size. You, you can't do nothing with it, man. He's a matchup nightmare. You put a smaller guy on him, he bullies him. You put a bigger guy on him, he blows right around him and dunks on him. 
You can't do nothing with it. He needs to lose weight. We all know this. It's getting to the point where like the memes and all this stuff on Instagram, they're not, they're not funny anymore to me. It's not funny. This shit is old. He's too good, bro. He's too good. If he wasn't good, I wouldn't even care. I wouldn't even be going on this rant. He's too good, bro. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Speaking of the future of the league, a clip from, you know, I think four podcasts ago where you talked about how the NBA wants, you know, when LeBron's done to have another face of the league. And right now, no one's really stepping up to the plate. There are really good players, but no one's really there. When LeBron leaves, there might be a little yeah, gap. Yeah, it went viral this last week. And it went, yeah, it was all over the internet. And I saw, what do you, what do you is that just because you think people are seeing LeBron still dominating and not passing the torch over? I think it's a product of many things. I think one, we are getting to witness something we've never seen before. And what LeBron's doing at age, or year 21 and close to being 40 years old, he is still a top three player in the NBA. Yeah, I said that. He literally is. Top four. I'd give him four. Um, I, I'm not even kidding. That's where he's at right now, the way Let's he's playing. Let's say any given night. Yeah. Any given night, he could be the best part of the floor. He could be one, quite, quite honestly. At year 21, it'll never happen again. We'll never see this again. I want people to know that. Like what we're seeing right now with LeBron, you probably will never see again in terms of someone answering the bell in that hype being compared to Jordan at 18 years old, living up to it, possibly surpassing him. Yes. It's impossible, bro. He had a chosen one tattoo and he so, lived up to it. Normally it, that doesn't go that Chosen one on the back, number one pick, the Hummer in high school, the, the documentary, the I promise. His kids pinning people off the backboard in college yeah, now, he's and he's still every, playing. He's still winning the season tournament. Bro, he's still crazy. winning. His, his sons are now in college and this guy's out here winning in season tournaments, still like dominating. We'll yeah. never see it again. I don't even give a fuck if you're a LeBron fan or not. Like, I don't care. I grew up as a Kobe guy. I grew up like the score killer mentality guy. Like that's more so like my type of thing. But I can't sit here and, and, and lie and act like what LeBron's doing is just something we've seen before. We can't act like this guy isn't the greatest basketball player. Like forget that. We're talking like, let's talk athlete overall. I mean, oh, he's the greatest athlete to ever play in the NBA. He's the greatest athlete to ever be in sports. He's the greatest athlete to ever play in any sport ever. Fuck out of here, bro. Name another person in an actual, and don't talk about a golfer who aged well. I'm talking about a sport where it's physical toll on your body. Name one. 21 years. Yeah. Name one. I'll wait. The only person we have close to it is Tom Brady, who dominated all the way up until he retired. That's the only other guy that you could throw in that mix that I won't be offended by. And even him, in terms of athlete and like physical, cut it out. We put those guys in a track meet or anything physical related, it'd be nasty work. LeBron has done things as a physical specimen that you'll never see. And this ain't no glazing shit for the simps on Instagram or Twitter that want to say that we're glazing LeBron. Like, bro, we're, this is just simple. I'm just 
reading the shit off the internet. <laughs> I'm looking at the internet and I'm reading the stats. These are all facts, bro. You know what I mean? Like, so I, that's the problem is he's still doing this. And then you have the usuals, the Giannis, you have the, you know, Joel Embiid, the Jokic, you have Steph, you have KD. When you talk about that new age, I'm not saying there's not faces out there. We have Anthony Edwards. No, we've, we've talked about we the Jason future Tatum. The NBA are so, the NBA's yeah. never been this talented. Yeah, we have Luka Doncic. We have uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton coming in the mix now, asserting yeah. himself like, hey, hey, don't forget about me. He's doing his thing. We have a lot of talented up-and-coming superstars. I just meant like face of the league. When you talk about undisputed soccer, number one, player. undisputed number one. When you when you talk soccer, you talk Messi, Ronaldo. When you talk basketball, you'd say Co- or Kobe and, and and LeBron or LeBron, Steph. Like it was always like that guy, that guy. Yeah. Well, right now it's only the guy that if he plays for your team, and you know Boston fans are Tatum, and in Minnesota they're like Anthony, Indiana they're like Tyrese. And in reality, Jokic is Dallas the best player is Luka, in the NBA. Like, yeah. yeah, Jokic is the best player in the NBA. It's not even that's not even up for an argument, but like. That's that's what I'm saying. And Jokic is the best player in the NBA, so maybe that is our new face. I guess the reason it doesn't resonate is because he don't even want to be the face. This guy, as soon as the season ends, hops on a pony. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we don't have that anymore. Like LeBron was Mr. NBA, all yeah. basketball. We talked about how important it was that he bought into the in-season tournament. Also, it wouldn't work. Bought in the in-season tournament. Jokic, you can't buy him into a parade after he won the title. <laughs> LeBron sponsors colleges. You, bro, I'm watching University of Miami or this team or this team with a LeBron logo on their jersey. Yeah. He's grassroots heavy. He goes to all the high school stuff with his kids. Even before his kids played, he was going into high school. Get like He is basketball. He's a basketball Offici- a, a professional basketball, not just player, just person, everything about him. Same thing with Steph, same thing with Michael, same thing with Kobe, God rest his soul. We had these guys, Kevin Durant, I hate leaving him out because he's been so great for so long. Throw Katie in that mix. But like, that's what we were looking for right now. And again, it's, these guys are young who are really talented, but like, you know, that's all I was alluding to. And it's tough because all those guys that we see are still playing well. <laughs> I think that we had the combo because I think you want you th- you said Anthony Edwards has the potential. He has the personality, he has, he has the, the athletic he ability. He has the whole thing. He has the personality for it. He has everything. He has the whole mix. He's got the looks, the the the, the yeah. charisma, the way he's able to but you could put him in a room with a bunch of frat kids and they'll love him. And then you obviously throw him in the hood and they already embrace him. He has a rare likability about him that you don't see. He's a worker and he's a fucking hooper. And he might be the face of USA basketball in five years. He, you're definitely going to be, man. Yeah, he's definitely going to be. Retiring, yeah. So it's like, you know, he's that. He's my guy. If you're asking me who do I think is going to be the guy in the NBA for the next like five to 10 years, like really like, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be like, a, at one point in his career, he will win MVP and be like the face of the NBA. I just, I, I you know, but there are other guys, man. Luca's Luca's not young anymore though, bro. He's not like his second year. Luca's he's, he's, yeah. he's doing his thing. Luca's up there. He's already put himself in that conversation. Tatum, uh, you know, we can go down the list. But like again, you talk about unanimous number one, like LeBron or a Kobe's been or a Michael's been. We just Steph. Like we haven't had those in a while. Who's the rivalry that goes to the finals every year? I guess Tatum and and Brown can can argue. Or Tatum can if we're talking about best player. Like, bro, I go to conference finals and finals just about every other year. Yeah. I, I'm that guy. And he plays for the Boston Celtics. It yeah. helps. Yeah. So you could put him in. If anybody's deserving of in terms of the young generation of stardom in our new our, our new NBA, you probably put him there. But like, when you think of like our past superstars, and this is all I was trying to say, LeBron was in the finals almost every year. Steph had a time where he was in it. Bro, those are the two guys, man. Yeah. They LeBron were, was in the finals the most, and Steph was probably on the best player or you, you say it's KD, but maybe the most important player yeah. on the best team of maybe our, listen, our generation. And even, and even KD was in the way. KD yeah. played uh, finals against LeBron. KD was always in the comp- Western Conference, like just either, whether it's him trying to beat their up 3-1 versus the Warriors or, you know, him beating the Spurs. All these, he was always in the mix. You always had those guys. They were like, the, you know, at the end of the season, I could tell you those three are going to be in the race to win a championship. I know LeBron's going to be in there and probably Steph especially when KD was on the team. Those are the three. You know those guys mm-hmm. are going to be there. Right now, I can't fucking tell you, bro. I don't know who's going to make the finals this year. I don't know which guy's going to play well in the playoffs. I don't know who's going to play well after All-Star break. I had no idea Tyrese Halliburton was going to fucking dominate the in-season tournament. That's I, why I appreciate what Halliburton is doing because you're saying there's a there's an opening and he stepped up. No, no, there is an opening and you can see the league's already jumping at him. He's clean yeah. cut. He's light-skinned, no tattoos. And we talked he's about got both before. of his parents. A great guy. All these little things that the marketing shit likes. They, he's got all of it. Steph Curry is going to start at point guard for USA in Paris this summer. I think Halliburton's probably going to be the backup. Yeah, probably. You're right. I, I, I would Steph would start up my point guard. I'd probably have Halliburton as a backup. Yeah. 
because you know at the least when he comes in the game, pace, that guy's going to get the rebound, he's going to defend, he's going to have that shit pushing up and down the floor. Uh, that's actually a good call, by the way. I like that. Another thing, so since we had, we've had the in-season tournament, there's been days where they've had no games or guys have had a lot of days off. Last week, you know, guys were on three days rest and you had big games like Embiid at 50, Desmond Bay at 49, Luca had a triple-double in the first half, 29 points, Paolo had 42, because there were less games. Do you think that's proof that if the season went to like 70 games or it was maybe two games a week, that you'd get better performances out of guys? I wouldn't mind having a 70-game season. I wouldn't mind shorting it by like 10. Yeah, and then I you just get mind. better output from guys, you think? I don't think it would happen just due to money and just due to just, you know, scheduling and whatever, whatever. But I, I would like that, actually. I think it's, I think it would only benefit the players. NFL is adding games to the regular season, and you're saying the NBA should cut back on some? Well, there's a difference. They have, like, how many games do those guys play? Yeah, we, we're playing 82. Yeah. So there's quite a difference there. We could still cut down to 70 and still be well above what they got going on. Yeah. They play once a week, and they got 100 players on a team. Do you think it's a coincidence that those guys had such big nights on three days rest, or do you think that really plays into it? I don't know. It was probably a coincidence. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it played into it. I mean, yeah. they did get rest. Sometimes rest can leave you rusty at the same time. You know what I mean? You don't perform the same when you're not as active. Right. Think about it, man. Think about it if you're like a young guy, you know, hot shot, little stud walking around, going out all the time. You're out here hugging out with women. You know, you got the feeling, you got the <laughs> vibe, you got the, you know, you got the whole game, you got the aura. What do they call it? They call that Riz. You got the Riz. You know, you go like a couple months. Riz is Webster's word of the year. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, then, then you, then you go a couple months. You stay inside. You stay focused. You do your thing. Maybe next time you're with a girl, you're a little, little awkward, a little, a little different. You know, what I mean, not everything is 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 clean and is simple. That's yeah. why I'm sharpening the tools. You got to sharpen the tools a little bit. You got to get the rust off. So there's 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 both sides of that coin. Yeah, that's a great analogy, by the way. You should do a. It's <laughs> wrong. Thank you, man. Just like sex education. <laughs> well. Anyways, okay. So here, I want to do something with you. I've. Two teams in each conference. I want to, I want you to tell me which team is more of a contender in your eyes. Let's start with the West. The Mavs are thirteen and eight, and the Kings are twelve and eight. Which team is more of a contender to you? You know what, man? I was on I was on TV the other day, and I said that the that the Sacramento would probably beat Dallas. And I watched that clip of me saying that because I just thought about how their team plays better together. Home court advantage up there playing in Sac Town. They got that the whole thing. So I want to say Sacramento, but in a seven-game playoff series with Luke and Kyrie out there, someone I've just seen do it. I've seen him do it. I've seen him. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, I would probably go with them. I think they're they're more of a contender just due to them. I don't like the cast overall around them. I'll be honest with you. I don't like the team that's been put together as a, as full. It's like Kyrie, Luca. I love Lively. Um... I like Tim. I like Tim Hardaway off the off the bench, or if he starts, you know, shooter. I, I like he's not bad. He don't play any defense, but he could shoot. Then you have Josh Green, who does play defense, but he can't shoot as well as Timmy. So they don't know who to play. They they, they, they like fit the one night he plays, then like one random game Dante Exum's in there, and then every once in a while they they play Seth, who can shoot. It's like similar, kind of like Tim. So it's like I don't. They just it's a strange team put together as a whole. I don't see them winning the championship. But with Luca and Kyrie out there, bro, and you got Kid as a coach who's like very like you got a lot of a lot of firepower at the guard spot all the way Sounds around. Sounds like you're going Mavs over King. I, I think I would go Mavs over King. Although I do think the the Kings have a better put together team. But in a seven game series, I just got to go with the guys I have seen do it. I I'd probably go with, with Luca and Kyrie. And in the East, the Heat are twelve and ten, and the Sixers are fourteen and seven. Who'd you be more afraid of in the playoffs? In this this year, I'm going yeah. this year. I'm going uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that whole thing with my that that no. They, they didn't prove you wrong by counting them out last year. I get it. They've done it many years. Yeah. Not, Miami's proven everybody wrong over the past however many years. They proved people wrong in the bubble. They've never had a team that's been worthy of contention and of of championship hopes and this this and this in our eyes. But in their eyes, they believe different. And Heat culture has proven its way. I mean, they've they've always been in the race. So I don't want to count them out, but. No, I, I like I like the simplicity that's kind of going on in, in in Philly. It's not complicated, no drama. It's Embiid and Maxi, good role players around them. New coach, new beginning. They got a lot of positive energy going over there. Them versus a team like Miami in a series. Jimmy would be. Jimmy's a really good player. The problem is like Philly's best players aren't even players for Jimmy to guard or like go at. It's yeah. not like a Tatum or Brown or something. He can go like you can guard Maxi, man. You gonna pick him up full court? These guys running at you 100 miles per hour. No way. Were you going to go out there and bang with Joel Embiid? 
like J- Jimmy Buggins in that series is not, you know what I mean? Like I, again, it's silly to count Jimmy and Miami out of anything. So I'm not counting them out. But if you ask me who I'd roll with in a seven game series, I'd have to go with, I'd have to go with the runner, I, the MVP, man. I, I'm going with Philly. All right. The Warriors are 10 and 12. What level of panic are you at? One to 10. Is it, are we at threat level midnight? We're not at threat. <laughs> I love that reference, by the way. Uh, it's not threat level midnight. Just due to them always being a team that seems to turn it on, even in within a game, the third quarter. I'm gonna be use that as they're gonna turn it on even late in the season, the third quarter of the season. There you go. I haven't doubted this team yet. I've I've been falsely high on them so far. I keep talking great about Clay, and I keep talking great about this team and saying positive things. Sure, it's because I have hope for this team. Sure, it's because. I've lost to that team plenty of times in the Western Conference. Sure, it's because they might have a roster spot that opens up and I could fit in there and help them win games. There it is. There's it's always it's always gonna come back to me with that stuff. Uh but uh in and in, in real to be real and honest, I just seeing Steph, Draymond, the whole thing, like it's just hard for me to doubt them. But yeah, man, it just you're seeing right now the 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 transition into it's a new NBA. Yeah. We got new teams, we got new guys. And you can see it even when they played OKC, bro. Like, you you just see it. It's like, yo, brother, this ain't the same. Like, this is a new day, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not the same anymore. So, I'm not worried. Uh, but, yeah, I, they got to be better. They got to play better. Do I, I? Listen, I'll tell you right now. The Jordan Poole shit, to me, still don't make sense. Figure it out. You don't got to like each other. You don't got to like each other. It's a breakup where both teams, we talked about before, both It didn't do are, anybody good, yeah. man. And look at Jordan's bullshit, bro. He's out in D.C. Fucking garbage, dog. I know he's putting up numbers. He's not garbage, but like that situation's fucking ridiculous for him, dog. What the fuck are you doing over there? You were just on TNT every other night playing behind, they called you Baby Steph, the third Splash Brother, this, this, Pool and that. Pool party. Pool party. All these nicknames that you got, this whole fame that Pool has, there's like, oh, Pool hoops for the baddies, baddies pulled up. That wasn't because you was hooping in Washington, fam. Yeah, that's because you was on the biggest stage in basketball, winning championships, dog, or a championship, and you helped them win that. You was cold. I remember we all remember him in those playoff series. And uh, was it 2022? Two, yeah. Like we we saw that. So it's like, bro, well, that trade didn't do nothing for him. I know he wanted his own team. This, this, and that. No. Yeah. I know that he was unhappy over there, and and Golden State were like, we don't want to. We want to be friends. No, Golden State. They both fucked up. That's a mutual L. I'll say it here first. It's a mutual L for Golden State. I don't give a fuck. Nobody says they could use that fucker coming off the bench right now. Golden State would pray to have Jordan Poole back on their team. They need him. They do need a bit of some kind of youth, some kind of explosion on offense. Yeah, what do you they need th- something. They need it. What are you talking about? They have to have it. Yeah. They're 10 and 12. Yeah. Steph Curry's... They probably thought Kaminga would come along a little better then. Steph Curry's... You've seen the... Bro, this guy is exhausted after every game, man. Do you see the game-winning attempts he's had to shoot because he didn't feel like there's anybody... Like he's shooting like he's like balls stumbling around. He picks it up and launches it five feet behind the, the yeah. for the win. Or he like... Bro, it's... Did you... Man, did you see the shot Clay shot the other day where he caught it? And, and yeah. that shot is nuts, bro. Like these dudes are having to manifest like it's just having another option out there. It's only going to make their job easy. When we played Golden State in the playoff series, bro, it wasn't just Steph on the whiteboard. You had Steph circled. You still had Clay, And people were like, yo, we got we to gotta pay attention to Jordan, man. We got to pay attention to Wiggs. Because all this attention was on them, these two fucking guys would cook up, bro. And Jordan Poole is a bucket. You can say whatever you want about him. People are going to say that I'm saying this is like, I'm not being negative on Jordan Poole. I'm only alluding to how good of a player he is. And I'm only trying to point out that when he's in an actual structural system, a real competitive environment, an organization that is moving in the... Like, bro, no way he should not be in Golden State right now, man. And they that was the only youthful talent that they had other than Kaminga. And no offense to Kaminga, Kaminga's good. And Moody, Moody's had... And Moody's had moments. Yeah. Moody's a solid player too. These aren't players that you build around in terms of like star, all-star talent. Twenty Kaminga has the uh, potential in terms of his athletic ability. So I, I saw someone. I saw him dunk on someone the other day, and I thought he gave him a fucking. Uh, he punched on Tyus. The, the, I think it was Daniel Tyus. Yeah, Daniel Tyus. And I thought he had a. I thought he had a concussion after. <laughs> he, got, <laughs> he got punched on so fucking hard. I was like, that dunk doesn't even make sense. He is a freak athlete, but. Performance-wise and numbers-wise, we haven't seen that from Kaminga to the level of like anything in the realm of where we would put uh, 
Jordan Poole. It is frustrating because I watch a Wizards game and I immediately turn it off. And I'm just like, man, bro, I would love to see that guy back on the Warriors. I, I, when, you, when you watch the Warriors, man, if Steph's not in the game, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if Steph and Claire or Draymond are in the game, what the hell is going on out here? You want to, like, bro, they need Jordan Poole. They need him. I know he was a handful. What and again, player could they add that could provide that kind of offense off the and bench? I, I say this is a mutual L, but I, I guess it's only an L on Jordan just because if he would have wanted to make it work, it would have worked. I mean, it's not on the Warriors to hold someone's hand that's making the work environment not enjoyable. So I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it from the Warriors' point of view of being like, yo, we're going in a new direction. I do. I do. Hear me out. And I get Jordan being like, well, they don't understand me. I want my own thing. I get that too. He's young. He's talented. He's got people in his ear telling him, yeah, go here. Go be the man. I get all that. Get all that as well. I think now looking back, we could all agree that whether it was both sides, whether it was Jordan, I don't know who it was. I don't know what was what. I don't know who started the fight with Draymond. I don't know if Draymond wanted him out of there. I don't know if Chris wanted this. I don't know if Paul. I, I don't know. I'm not there. So I'm not going to speak like I do. I, all I can tell you is what I see. And it has not been working for either party. Yeah, and if you wanted to maximize Chris Paul, you know you need like a off the bench, maybe a good big that's like a lob threat, someone like that, because that's what Chris Paul has always been good with. And they don't have that right now, right? Like a rim, run, rim running, like JaVel McGee type. I don't have anything like that. Yeah. A pick guy that could... Dario Sarge and Chris Paul, that's not the same. Yeah, you need a, something that can collapse the defense so Chris can whip that ball to the corner, yeah. the weak side. He could play the defense and see who's going to help, throw the lobs. He's always been great with that. Tyson Chandler, DeAndre Jordan, whoever. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. He made all those guys look way better. Look at DeAndre Aiden this year. Look how he was with Chris. Dominating. Yeah, dominating. <laughs> I'm not even going to... I had some cooked. Like I had tough. some cooked, but I'm going to let him live. No, I, I, I don't have anything for that. But uh, I do, but I'm going to let it fly. But yeah, that Chris, Chris, Chris makes always bigs better. David West, all-star with Chris Paul. This guy makes... Got Blake Griffin. Any big that's ever played with Chris Paul looks great. Yeah. So, you know, they could definitely use that, but also they could use a, a score. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's all water under the bridge at this point. Pool's gone. Uh, Warriors are figuring their shit out. Um, but, yeah, I, now looking back and we've had like a good sample of games, it does, as of now, I'm not saying it can't change. Maybe the Warriors go on a win streak. Maybe the Wizards play better and Pool plays better. I Who knows what tomorrow holds. But as of right now, looking at both sides, uh, that's an L on both sides. And I, I yeah. Before I let you go, I want to talk about your friend Aaron Gordon. Recently, said he went on a date with a girl, and the last thing she searched was Aaron Gordon net net worth. Did mm -hmm. you see that? Yeah. Does that surprise you at all? No. What I would tell him is he should have grabbed her phone and said, "Let me uh, let me Google you back." What's your net worth? <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly, man. Goodness gracious, dog. Uh, anyways, man. Uh, we'll be back Friday morning for our next pod. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we don't have an in-season tournament hangover where these next couple games are not that interesting. It's going to be what? tough. The good news is a lot of the teams haven't been playing. There should be some good basketball this week. You know what yeah. I mean? The teams are back and want the attention back. Everything's been centered around like Indian, Indiana and Lakers and New Orleans and Milwaukee. Yeah. Like now, now we're getting everybody else back in the mix. It'll be nice to to watch a Luka Doncic game. And I, I miss watching Tatum and Anthony uh, Edwards dominate the NBA. So it'll be good to see everybody else get back to it and hoop. And um yeah, we'll be back Friday, man. Everybody be safe. Enjoy the week. Make sure you subscribe, like, rate five stars on our own feed uh, on The Ringer, man. Check us out. Off Guard. Featuring right, Austin Rivers. Featuring Austin Rivers. Yes, of course. <laughs> you're, 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 the, true, the, the one and only, man. All right. Y'all be easy. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.